Welcome to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. Do you own a small business or does that small business own you? Are you seeking increased sales, more loyal customers, lower operation costs, and brand loyalty? If you're interested in elevating your brand and expanding your reach, then Business Buzz will put it all together for you with expert guests, resources that make sense, and your opportunity to be heard. Get ready to call in with your questions and comments at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Business Buzz is out to put the buzz back into your business. Here's your host, Frank Hellring. Hey, can you hear the buzz? Welcome, wherever you may be. You have found Business Buzz. I'm your host, Frank Hellring, and we're coming to you live, prime time on the Voice America Business Network channel. And Business Buzz is brought to you by On Fire Processing, where there is no burn, just earn. You know, I got my final statement, my final statement from my merchant processor, Heartland, last week. And just for a partial run, we did the numbers on what our fees were and what we got charged in this last little small run with Heartland. And it was well over 6%. Hey, If you're a small business owner out there and you're not reading that statement, you're just simply swiping credit cards and not paying real close attention to the bill you're getting or the extraction out of your corporate checking account once your merchant processor comes along and grabs that fee, you need to do it. More importantly, you need to compare it. You need to pick up that phone right now and call 833-866-3473. That's 833-866. 866-3473 and get in touch with On Fire Processing today because they may just be able to blacken your bottom line. To contact Business Buzz, you can call us toll-free at 877-3-NOWBUZ or get with us on our show host webpage, which is business, B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S-Buzz, dot com, and leave us a contact of you so we can get in touch with you possibly be a guest on the show or just simply get in touch with us so we can hear what's going on in your business world well shout out to chaplain joseph havens our incredible philanthropic charity up there in spokane washington congratulations joseph we hear you are back at home after your brief stay in the hospital successful surgery god does answer prayer and we are so happy to have you back on the beam Hey, how's it going out there with Cookies to Cops, Joseph? Because we keep pushing it out, man. Cookiestocops.com for our first responders, our men and women in blue that are out there defending, hey, small businesses today. And we take our hats off to you because Cookies to Cops wants to put out a bag of cookies in your hands today to sweeten your service. So you small business owner out there today, Get in touch. Cookies to Cops. That's it. Cookies to Cops. That's T-O-C-O-P-S dot com. And ask Joseph Havens how you can help your precinct in your backyard do it better by appreciating them. Well, let me tell you something. You know, I had occasion in 1994 to discover that my mother was suffering from transchemic stroke. That's a hidden stroke. It's a very, very dangerous stroke because you don't really know what's going on, but what ends up happening is is their ability to function 
becomes less and less. And my wife, my dear wife, Rhoda, decided, along with me, to pick up her bag and baggage and move her into our home here in Mission Viejo in 1994. And she was with us 17 years until she passed away in 1991. And you know what was interesting is that I had to literally give up a lot of my business career to take care of my mom as a caregiver. And let me tell you something, I wouldn't trade one second of that time spent with her because I got to know my mom on a different level. But let me say this to you. I never sent a bill to Uncle Sam for all those hours and years that I spent. But let me tell you something. Financially, you are impacted. Emotionally, you are impacted. Physically, you are impacted. Taking care of the elderly is serious business, especially the last couple of years that we had to take care of her because she started to get dementia. My guest today probably knows more of what's going on in New York and really can talk about what the topic of this show is today because it's all about this incredibly recent breaking story that's happened in, in the state of New York relating to Governor Cuomo and his attorney general finding out that he's underreporting COVID-19 deaths in the senior community at large. I'm joined today by Derek Gibson. Derek Gibson was raised by a Christian mother who taught all seven of her children the difference between right and wrong. Boy, I'll tell you what, I can't think of anything more important than that these days. And he was raised, oddly enough, in the state of Georgia. Boy, was Georgia in the news here recently? A couple of senators made it to Congress. Gibson became well-versed in everything that had to do with survival. He learned how to fish, hunt, grow a garden, and be a gentleman. In high school, he became interested in the industrial arts and auto mechanics. He landed a scholarship to South Georgia Technology College in Americus, Georgia, where he graduated with a degree in automotive technology. After graduation, he was employed in the automotive industry, where he gained valuable knowledge and experience, which he used to open his own auto transmission shops. Gibson also served in the State Guard in Georgia. Congratulations, Derek. Nice for you to serve your country. Gibson went to college, got his degree in criminal justice. He has seen both sides of the justice system and agrees that it can be unfair, but he's determined to do something about it. And growing up in a black community in the South with a Christian upbringing, Derek Gibson, candidate for governor of the state of New York. Welcome again. Really nice to have you back on Business Buzz. Hello, Frank. It's good to be back. Glad I could be here with you today. Absolutely. You know, you're in Atlanta today, right? You're not in New York. You're taking care of your daughter? I am in Atlanta, Georgia. My daughter uh, has treatment here, so uh, I'll be back and forth from uh, New York City to Atlanta uh, getting her treatment. She's doing good at the uh, present moment and getting better. Thank God for all your, all your prayers. Yeah, I'll tell you something, Derek. You never stop being a parent, right? Absolutely. Never. never stop being a parent. Hey, Derek, listen, this incredible story that broke a few weeks ago, you know, I picked it up off Epoch Times, which is a very conservative publication that you find digitally online uh, with a bunch of Chinese guys who basically escaped the uh, red Chinese, uh, you know, uh, Communist Party and got over here to New York and started a conservative publication, which has really caught fire. And then it seemed like the media just, I mean, just almost like a tidal wave, you know, started picking up this copy in New York about Governor Cuomo. What are you finding that's happening back in that neck of the woods with regards to the senior community? Well, first of all, I'm glad that uh, people are being made aware of what's been going on for a while. Now, I call it out uh, 
when he first sent the China virus patients uh, back into the nursing home, I knew it was going to be an issue. It was going to be a problem. Uh, he already had seen uh, what Washington State went through with the nursing home. So why would you repeat that same thing? But I, I've been calling out from day one, and I'm glad that the general public now is seeing what really happened after the covers are being pulled back. He has, uh, he's directly, directly responsible for the death of over 15,000 in nursing homes. We, uh, New York is a hot spot, and uh, it's a hot spot because of the decision that Governor Cuomo made to return uh, patients back into the nursing home instead of using the USS Comfort that President Trump sent over and the Java Center that was built. I think the Comfort hosted about 19 COVID patients, maybe that was about it. So uh, he's responsible for uh, doing that, and he needs to be held accountable. Uh, through the Justice Department. Uh, if he don't, under my administration, he would definitely be investigated and held accountable for his actions. You know, the senior community is a big piece of our society st still. You know, this is the baby boomers. This is the 76 million birth generation. The millennials kind of outstripped us a little bit here, Derek. But the bottom line is here, seven out of 10 business owners out there, small business owners, right, in your neck of the woods are seniors. I mean, I can't even imagine what they're thinking right now if they became ill and could not, you know, continue in the capacity of running their operations and ending up in assisted living or a nursing home, what might be going through their minds knowing that their governor, the guy they're supposed to trust, the guy that's supposed to be following CDC guidelines and all these particular regulatory actions that are coming out with regard to COVID out of Washington, D.C., is hiding numbers? Wow. Right, pure insanity. And yes, the elderly, uh, they're the one uh, own most of it. Been like say, seven out of 10, maybe eight out of 10. And it employs a lot of uh, local people in the community. So why would we uh, dis discard our elderly, just throw them away? They have made a way for us. Uh, they provided jobs. They have provided several things for uh, the younger generation to survive. So my first thought is, if you have a mother or a father, would you do them? Would you throw them away in their elderly years? So it applies the same to anyone that is elderly uh, under the state or, or whoever it may be. You know, you don't you don't apply those apply those kind of policies that is uh, detrimental to the uh, the city itself, the state itself, and even uh, the local community. So. I can't wrap my head around that no more than I, I called it out from the beginning. I said, well, I started looking at things and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, you can call me one, but I started looking at things. I was like, I hear too much about population control. I hear too much about this and that. So maybe it's a mistake that Como wrote the director, signed it and sent those China virus patients back into the nursing home. Then again, it may be a part of population control. So, you know, I think things through, I think critical and I look at all sides of it, but this guy clearly made a mistake and he's not uh, standing up and apologizing. Yes, I made a mistake. Please forgive me. I'm sorry for putting those patients in. I will take whatever comes my way as punishment. He just, he clearly, it's not doing it. He said, who cares? And it's in, in the uh, news conference a couple of days ago. Well, who cares uh, where they died or how they died? I mean, what kind of governor is that? You're supposed to be a governor of all the people and he's clearly not. And he's committed criminal acts and he should be punished for that.
Boy, that really, you know, kind of echoes when uh, then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said, what does it matter how those four people died in Benghazi? You know, well, it dang sure matters when your loved ones can't even get to see your loved one behind closed doors. And let me say this to you here in California, many moons ago, months ago, seems like Governor Newsom did a lockdown policy on the senior centers in California. Nobody in, nobody out, almost of a quarantine type of a situation and whatnot, where loved ones were basically prevented from seeing their loved ones behind closed doors. Now, recently, with this reopening of California to some degree, he's now allowing people to come in one at a time and visit with their loved one in their room or in an open space or outside arena. But still, a lot of the regulations that he put into place many moons ago are still the same regs. Now, New York is a big electoral vote city, right, Derek? Oh, my goodness. I think we lost Derek. Hey, Mr. Engineer, see if you can get him back. (laughs) I think the bottom line here, folks, and I'm going to have to fill in here, uh, you know, you've got a situation right now, you know, in the senior community that just is really alarming, you know, and that's the reason why I'm having Derek on the show with me today because this is something that, you know, just really hits home, especially for me, because I'm a senior. I'll be 69 years old coming May 20th of this year. And like a lot of you out there who are small business owners or in my neck of the woods as far as age, you got to be concerned right now with the possibility that something's going to end up happening to you. Possibly you're going to have a heart attack or you're going to have a situation where, you know, you have a, a minor stroke or you're going to have a situation where it's going to cause you to become debilitated and you cannot run your operations as a small business. And let me tell you something, that's a really difficult decision to have to make, isn't it? To end up flat on your back and who's going to run on your operations. But putting that aside, hey, when you're flat on your back and you're at the mercy of medical care or you're you know, basically in a situation where you really have no control over what happens to you, to know or have in the back of your mind the fact that the people who are ultimately responsible to run the operations within a state are all of a sudden caught with an underreporting situation of the amount of deaths that happen in the facilities that you now find yourself in. That to me is very disturbing. That to me is alarming. That to me is something that, wow, you just cannot have something like that happen in a society that is the land of the free and the home of the brave. And let me tell you something, I, for one, as a senior, am gonna stay on top of this story, particularly not just here, you know, listening and talking about the state of New York, but also in the wonderful state that I reside in, which is in California, because a large portion of our population are seniors. And, you know, having it be that the seniors, you know, make up a huge piece of the small business community, that is something that somebody out there needs to pay attention to. You know, I tried my best before I did this show to get somebody to go on the record. I called nursing homes in the state of California. I called senior centers in the cities around California and tried to see what their reaction was to the Cuomo story that broke in New York. And I'll tell you something, I found myself talking to myself because a lot of people are just not willing to go on the record. And I think that's very interesting because right now there is a major recall action 
that's happening in the state of California, trying to get Governor Cuomo recalled as the governor of the state of California. And the last note that I had, I think it's going to take about 1.5 million signatures to take this into the assembly and get this on the record. And I think the last number that I heard was 1.4 million signatures that they had. So they're getting awfully close. And I think that, they, you know, this is the type of thing or not that, you know, America, you know, we as Americans need to stand up and be counted. I realize that we have an electoral process. I realize that we have a governmental issue in state and both federal. But the bottom line is, this is part of us. This is the people. We're the ones that elect these representatives to sit in these high echelon chairs that basically have power, say it, power over us and what we do on a daily basis. Hey, we're going to be moving to a break right now. We're going to try and get Derek Gibson back on with us after the break. And you're listening to Business Buzz with Frank Kelly live on Voice America Business Network, brought to you by On Fire Processing. So if you've got a merchant processing issue out there, you need to pick up the phone right now and call 833-866-3473 and get your merchant processing straight. We're going to be right back with more buzz for your business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of being overcharged by your credit card processing company? Not sure what you're even being charged for? Well, at On Fire Processing, we are here to serve you and help you possibly save money and increase your business revenue, keeping you in the black. We are your one-stop shop for merchant services worldwide. Our motto is no burn, just earn. Please call us at 833-THE-LETTER-U-ON-FIRE. That's 833-866-3473. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. You're listening to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring. To reach the live show, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send Frank an email at info at businessbuzz.com. That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. Now, back to Business Buzz. Hey, we're back. Frank Hellring live on Business Buzz. We're so glad you're listening in out there. Boy, did we have an incredible moment uh, that's never happened on this show where we had a basically a cutoff. But I got Derek Gibson back with me. Hey, Derek, how you doing? I am good for this. I got chopped off. <laughs> but I am. Yeah, back. and we're supposed to have 5G, right? Right, 5G amazing you know it's credible that's the first time i've had to ad lib so i guess uh you know i don't know what that's <laughs> going to do to my ratings but we'll see what happens hey derek right, you know right, we're yep, talking yeah, about right. new york and i i kind of talked a little bit about california because it's amazing you know i mean how many electoral votes you know do you have in california 55 right, right. new york is up there too with their electoral right. votes so i mean you got two of the big key states here in the united states one now being someone who basically got the rug pulled back and disinformation has been discovered, you know. You running for Correct. governor right now, I'm sure that's pretty lively copy for your campaign, right? Correct, 100. How do you that's think 100. this is all going to pan out in the end? In the end, I think uh, Governor Como is going to be held accountable for his uh, his directive, everything that he's, he's done. I know it's hard for people to believe that uh, Democrats are going to be held accountable for anything that they have done, but at this point, it has blown up beyond Republican, conservative, even Democrats are pushing back on what Governor Cuomo did. Any, anyone with any uh, any thought in life in them know what he did was criminal, complete criminal, criminal. so it's not going to turn out well for this guy. Yeah, that's an interesting point you just made, that the Democrats are pushing back on him. There was uh, some copy just even a few days ago that 14 state Democrats, 14 state Democrat senators, right, called right. for the expulsion, the revocation of his executive powers over COVID-19. Let me ask you a question, Derek. Are any of those guys out of that 14 talking to you? I know uh, most of them. I know most of them, but uh, we don't hold conversations like that. We go back and forth a little bit, but they're on that side of the fence and I'm on the other side of the fence. So we don't connect uh, per se like that. But at this particular point, we all come together and know that something has to be done about this guy. If Democrats want us to uh, stand behind this man and support him after doing this, it's going to expose the entire Democratic Party, which uh, need to be exposed at this point anyway. Was that kind of a shock factor to you that 14, I mean, one or two, right? One or two, right? Like here in California, we have an Assemblyman Kylie and Assemblyman Gallagher, Gallagher being one that just won a major uh, court case against our governor here in the state of California. We won't uh, digress and go into that. But the bottom line here is that I'm saying 14 state senators banded together and called for the revocation of the powers of the governor of the state of New York, that's got to be a shocker politically. And it is a shocker, especially for the state of New York, for them to do that there. Everybody knows about the state of New York. You know, it's, it's liberal blue, liberal, liberal blue. So it is a shocker, but it's, it's, it's welcome them to see that uh, 
people on the other side know that he's uh, completely wrong also. So just because you are in a party, that's why I don't like the party. I'm an independent Republican. I really don't like the titles of the parties at all. It's either you doing good for your state or good for America or you not. I think the titles need to be dropped, and I respect those 14 senators for coming around and making that statement because it's about uh, – what he has done to the lives of these people in the nursing home that turn upside down in their families, and he's not acknowledging that. He's brushing off as, well, he's just uh, he's looking at it like it's just a commodity, just a number, and uh, so it is what it is. You know, the amazing thing to me, you know, I've been looking for a lot of copy, you know, from the actual, you know, people who are experiencing this, you know. Uh, you know, the loved ones, you know, that haven't seen their loved ones behind closed doors and even the seniors within the nursing home communities themselves. And I'm not seeing a lot of copy of that, even general managers of nursing homes, because one of the things that I put into the copy of the show description today was the fact that it isn't all corporate owned nursing homes and assisted living care in the state of New York, right? A lot of these homes are privately owned, which means they fall in my category, you know, of expertise and identification, which is small businesses, you know. Derek, have you heard anything coming back from these people and whatnot as to what their reaction is to a story of this magnitude? Right, and we have around 862 nursing homes in the state of New York, and uh, the state owns none of those those nursing homes. So this is really reaping habit on the uh, uh, business only in the nursing home, and not only that. Uh, to go a step further, these nursing homes, especially if you've worked all your life to going back to the seniors and you pay for your uh, care late on in life and you end up in one of these care homes or nursing homes. And then on top of that, now you have a 6% tax put on top of that. The average cost is $100,000 a year. And uh, if you add this 6% tax on you paying $106,000 per year, which make no sense, you are punishing the responsible people that saved up for their uh, care in later life. And you are taxing them for that. I mean, it's ridiculous that the things are going on in the state of New York because of the insane policies uh, we have going on and the complete welfare state uh, in, in the state of New York. So those things need to be dealt with. Uh, just the surface about these, putting these uh, China virus patients back into the nursing home, just the surface of what is really going on. If you dig deeper, you'll see more and more corruption always on the bottom. Uh, Como raised about 2.5 or 3.5 million from those uh, hospitals and 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 uh, nursing homes. So that's why he didn't kick back. He didn't listen to uh, his health advisor, uh, which you know, uh, seven eight of them resigned also. So there's a lot going on. That's interesting. You know, it's it's funny how the rats come out of the woodwork, right? When all of a sudden the spotlight gets shined on them. And, uh, of course, we saw some of that even happen in the Trump administration before he exited Washington, D.C. So let me ask you a question, Derek. You know, from a small business standpoint of view, you were on my show in December where we talked about, you know, New York needs another miracle on 34th Street, right? Which was an incredible copy show, and we got a heck of a lot of good response off of that. But let me ask you a question. What is the current status of small business in New York? What's Broadway looking like these days? I mean, the numbers that I'm getting back is that one-third of the small business community has been vaporized, brick and mortar, in the state of New York. Right, right, and that's correct. Uh, uh, Small business is basically dead is the, the policy uh uh the, the COVID hope shutdown which shouldn't have been has killed uh killed the small business and it's it's a struggle in the state of New York. Not only small business, some of the large businesses moving out also because of the taxes. 
but it really hit the small business that they can't sustain uh, once you shut them down like that. It's no way for them to sustain. So it has a ripple effect on employment and everything else. So uh, it hasn't came back yet, and it's going to take a while to come back. It's going to take a while for people to put trust back into the state. This man is governor. This man is governor, and uh, people are afraid uh, to really try to get their business back up and going because it's going to kill it again. So it has a, a ripple effect going on from uh, the top to the bottom. You know, Derek, I mentioned during my ad lib, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned during my ad lib, during the time we lost you, you know, off the show and whatnot, that we have a recall move going here in California against Governor Newsom. And uh, it's it's picking up steam and it's picking up flame. And I understand here in the state of New York, where you are, that there is no recall provision, right, for the governor's no. office. So let me ask you a question. Let's let's say this story continues to escalate. Let's say the media stays on point. Let's say the fire starts to begin to you know flame up around Albany. What are the options and whatnot to basically hold this governor to account? Well, the only option we have is the Department of Justice step in and uh and uh hold hold this guy accountable. Uh, have him removed. We do have impeachment, so we have to uh, get with the legislators and try to encourage them to uh, impeach uh, Governor Cuomo. That's about the only option we have at this point, shorter than waiting for his turn to expire and vote uh, someone else in. So right now, it's a lot of pushback, a lot of pressure on the legislators on the Senate, uh, all to to call for the impeachment to come up. That's about the only option we have at the moment. I've been following your uh, recall out in uh, California. I wish you had it in the state of New York. This guy would have been gone about three years ago or more. But we, unfortunately, we don't have it. They took that out in 2012. But as governor, I plan to reinstate that option, and I plan to install term limits. It will cut down on the corruption uh, that's going on in our state. Holy cow, did you say term limits? That's a dirty word in politics, Derek. Term well, they need to get used to that dirty word because that's exactly what we're going to have to do. That's the only way to take our state back. And even at that, to take our nation back at this point is term limits. Although, otherwise, uh, states become like D.C., 30, 40, 50 years, uh, people governing, and they don't have the incentives of the people at hand. You know, it's funny you talk about term limits. There used to be a uh, politician called Strom Thurmond, and a political cartoonist would not showed him one time where he was holding up like a sign, you know, I'm running for state senator, whatever it was. And the caption underneath read, hi, I'm Strom Thurmond running for retirement. You know, so I I think this term limit uh, move and whatnot that you have anticipation, you know, once you get in the in that seat in Albany, that's that's a great move, Derek. Uh, because let me tell you something: if there's anything that's coming up behind us right now, it's this millennial age, right? Some of these young kids are going to be sitting in those chairs and already are, you know, even with this last uh, election that we just had. You know, a lot of young pups correct. sitting in those chairs in Congress right now. Right. Correct. Correct. So. Uh Term limit is something that is number one on my agenda. We must get that enacted in the state of New York because I see New York as a cesspool of corruption. Entire uh, uh, branch of New York is a cesspool of corruption, and corruption sits in once you sit there too long. Uh, you get attempt, you get tempted, and you get enticed, and you take money from this, that, or cooperation, or whatever, and. Uh, 
it just it's, it's no use. It's got to be it's got to be term limits in order to bring governing back to the people. You know, Derek, the one thing I admire about you is a number one, you're a small business owner, right? Correct. A number two, you're a black man running for the governor of the state of New York. Right. Number three, you are a Christian. And I should have put that first, but I think that's all important because, you know, principles and standards uh, should mean something today. We got a movement out here, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we got on the show together, called BLM. You know, I got a reason to believe that some of these guys and gals that are working our streets right now just might have a loved one behind closed doors in the state of New York, in those 862 facilities that you just mentioned to me, have you had any conversations with these folks at that level or other levels in their movement and how things are progressing as far as how they see this country? I have, and uh, uh, the, uh, some of the BLM leaders have expressed that they are uh, not with Joe Biden. They are not with uh, uh, Governor Cuomo. Uh, no, they see as both sides of the uh, both sides of the aisle is no good for for them at all. Black Lives Matter. Now I don't uh, per se. I'm not a Black Lives Matter individual because all lives matter. I'm sure Black Lives Matter. I'm a black man. I don't have to go out and talk that every day. But white lives matter. Every single life matter. And so I try to get that over to them. And then their point is, well. Uh, well, the news media told us this. The news media told us that. That is what's happening in uh, in that area of Black Lives Matter. But, yes, they're just as upset about the lockdown. They're upset about the COVID. Uh, 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 a lot of things that's going to be upset about. And people are not talking to them and telling them, uh, well, this is what you need to do. Uh, this is what we need to do for this. People are not doing that. They're just pushing up the angle, steering up the pot to make you mad at one side or the other, and that is no longer going to work. Like I said, we come together in the state of New York, Black Lives Matter, and uh, and uh, conservatives come together 100%, and that way we can get the measures out that need to be out there and bring them from the radical side, bring them back around to uh, 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 USA traditional ways. So what you're telling me is, is that in your conversations that you're having right now with BLM, uh, individuals is that they are not closed door minded to conservative ideals or principles. They 100% are not. If someone is bold enough, like as uh, myself, to go up and speak with them and talk to them and let them know where they are at, you'll find out that y'all have a lot in common. Uh, for instance, uh, police brutality, the way the uh, black community has been treated uh, uh, by police and the justice system. I, 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 I always speak this part right here. I was like, the way they're doing President Trump is the way that black people have been screaming forever that we are being sat up, tossed into jails, and we're not guilty of these things. So I understand where they're coming from, but it's a different approach that I take to those particular things. As a black man, I've been arrested. I've been sent to jail, put in jail for things I didn't do. I pleaded out for things I didn't do just to get out of jail because it's not. Well, you're going to sit there three months before you go to court. Be like, the hell with that. So I just plead out and get probation and go, even though you're not guilty. So I understand just like BLM, and I was letting them know. I said, well, the way they're treating President Trump is like they treated the average black man. They will make stuff up on you, 
and send you off to jail or prison or whatever, as y'all saw clearly what he tried to do President Trump for the so-called, so-called insurrection that wasn't an insurrection. So Black Lives Matter, just people who need to get out there conservative, speak with these people. Don't just say, well, they did so they that. Find out where they're coming from and try to educate them, and you'll be surprised at the things that they believe in. And I got some of them say, yeah, we're going to support you uh, for your governor's run. So we want jobs. This is what we're concerned about. I've had... Occupy City Hall, I went and spoke to those people. They said, we want jobs. They gave me their phone number. I gave them uh, their phone number. said, this is what we are fighting for. So those are the things that is going on with B- BLM. Derek, this is encouraging, Derek. you know, and I, I, you know, I don't want to get off the subject matter all that much and digress, but let me tell you something. I'd like to go down that road here after we take a break, right? Uh, as far as the dynamic, you know, uh, between, you know, blacks and whites and other races, because let me tell you something. We are a potpourri, right? We're a nation of nations. I mean, you want to sum up America? We're a nation of nations. And name me another nation on the face of the earth that can make that statement. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Business Buzz with Frank Kelling live on Voice America. My guest today is a candidate for the state of New York governor's seat, Derek Gibson. We're brought to you by On Fire Processing, where there is no burn, just earn. 833-866-3473 is the number for you to call right now and get some information to help your business on that bottom line, blacking that bottom line with your merchant processing fees. And we're going to be right back with more buzz for your business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you tired of being overcharged by your credit card processing company? Not sure what you're even being charged for? Well, at On Fire Processing, we are here to serve you and help you possibly save money and increase your business revenue, keeping you in the black. We are your one-stop shop for merchant services worldwide. Our motto is no burn, just earn. Please call us at 833, the letter U, On Fire. That's 833-866-3473. We're always looking for guests, resources, and business promotion. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a resource that can help small businesses increase sales, lower costs, and amplify brand loyalty? Do you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach? If any of these sound like a fit for you, you need to partner with us. Call us at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. That's 877-366-9289. And discover how Business Buzz and Business Watch can take your message and company further. Again, give us a call at 877-3-NOW-BUZZ. 877-366-9289. Business Watch is your outreach to feel the pulse and increase the buzz in your business community. Invite Frank to be a speaker at your next event. We can create a live promotional video with you at your next event to brand your brand. Visit businessbuzz.com. Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. PPP, COVID-19, SBA, is there a way? It's time for Business Watch, where your voice matters. Call into the show at 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. Or drop us an email at info at businessbuzz.com. That's info at B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S buzz.com. We know you've got something to say. Now, here's Frank Hellring, Business Watch, where your voice matters. Hey, we're back live now on Business Watch. This is the segment of the show where you have the opportunity to call in live and mix it up with Frank and my guest, Derek Gibson, who's running for the state of New York governor's seat. Coming up here real quick, you need to pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. And you can mix it up with Frank and Derek live on Voice America right now. Hey, Derek, we had an incredible conversation the first half of this show. You know, we talked about the COVID-19 underreporting, and I think that's a, a subject matter that needs to get out there. But at the end of the second half, we kind of delved into a little bit to the BLM side. And I think that's really important, especially in this day and age, because guess what? You're a black man. You're running for governor. You want that vote, right? That's correct. 100%. I want the vote of all the races. Not only the black, but I want all the races. But we're concentrating on BLM at the moment. And sure, I want to uh, enlighten them. I want to bring them over to my side so we can get stuff done for the people. And that's for all people, not one race of people. So I encourage everyone to get out there and just stop hacking these people. Get out there talk to them. Say, what is that you want? What is that we need? And then if they error, show them why they error and show them how we can fix it. Encourage them to run for office. If you don't like laws or whatever, run for office and try to change those things. Because your neighbor make the laws, your neighbors put them in place, and the police only enforce the laws. You know, it's interesting, Derek, is I was born in Washington, D.C. That has a large black population, right? Correct. I was raised in Virginia. That has a large black population. I actually came out of parochial school and ended up in Thomas Jefferson Junior High School in Alexandria, Virginia, which that school was about 75% black, 25% white. I remember when I was a kid, we would affectionately go down the hallways. We call them the N-word, and they call us hunky, you know? But nobody got shot in the parking lot. Everybody played sports together. There was no mix-up as far as, you know, animosity towards each other by race and then if we want to take it one step further one of my favorite shows of all time was the dean martin rose if you took a look at that show half the panel was black i remember the show right. where don knotts excuse me not don knotts uh oh well, who was uh, the master of uh of uh insult um anyway it'll come to me but sammy davis jr was on that show Sammy Davis Jr. was on that show, and I mean to tell you, he was bitten cut up one show. side and down the other, and not just by white guys, but also by the blacks that were on that panel. You know, humor disarms, Daryl. Where do we get away from this dynamic of having good fun between the races? Right. We turned kids over to the school system, let the school system raise our kids. We was doing just good at home. But we got greedy and say, well, the wife need to work, the husband need to work four jobs in order to make it in America. And we turn our kids over to the school system and they raise our children. And that is what they put into their head. Now, back to uh, the days when I was coming up uh, in school. And we used to call each other uh, the N-word. Uh, we would call each other uh, crackles, hunkies, or whatever. And we laughed about it. And we was friends all day the next day. And it was never an issue. But these lunatic leftists uh, began to bloom. And they found a problem with every single thing that a person was saying. But it was just humor to us back then. It was no racist thing in it at all. Those are words that we just we picked up and we used 
not to down a person because of the color of their skin. But that's for the stories way back in the days, we'll say, oh, use a cracker or use the N-word or whatever, you know. We did that back and forth, and there was no racism involved. And I was saying, now, everybody's uptight. Everybody's wearing their feelings, but I walk on my damn feelings in my shoe every day, and I laugh like hell, and I use this word, that word, you know. So let's get out of our feelings. Let's go back to the days where we can talk to each other, we can joke to, joke with each other, and move forward. That's what we need to do at this point. You know, it's funny, Derek, is that and coming back to, you know, the roast, you know, with Dean Martin, I remember Don Rickles was the guy, right, the master of insult, and he was insulting Sammy Davis Jr., and he bent down, and he kissed him on the lips, and he came back, and he pointed to his lips, and he says, are my lips black? Now, let me tell you something. If <laughs> you did that, that today, if you did that today, <laughs> you tell me what kind of copy would be out there. You know, man, these leftist, these leftist liberal loons. I was riding in Atlanta uh, uh, other day, and I, I decided to ride through some neighborhood. And I've been doing if I didn't see black light matter signs painted on the walls on the sidewalk. Every single home has black light matter signs in the yard, and they are white liberals that stay there. And that's upsetting to me because I know these are formerly black neighborhoods, and you care so much about black lives that you went into their community instead of helping them get the money to fix their community up, you decided to buy it for pennies on the dollar and move them out. But you so you know you're so wrong that you have to stick the Black Lives Matter sign in your yard thinking that will save you. Oh, I love black people all the while. You know you are the very racist person against black people. So that's what came through my mind yesterday riding through this uh, formerly black uh Neighborhood, the house for sale. So I stopped. Now look, I, said, I should buy this right in the middle of this white liver neighborhood and put me a big ass trunk statue in the yard and see how they like black people then. So, but I, but, but to, what I am saying is the white liberal has destroyed America with the insanity. They are the very person that don't like black people. I never had a problem attending white churches, mostly white schools. I never had an issue. But when a white liberal bent over backwards to down him own self for being white, that sent a message to in a second. I mean, you are the racist, most racist person in the world. You know, Derek, we just had uh, an appointment by the Biden administration to the Department of Defense, new Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, right? And uh, right. former former general, uh, you know, in the United States Army, a black man. Uh, and whatnot. I think it was the first black uh, secretary of defense in the history of the country and whatnot. Right. And right now, yeah. if you take a look at Washington, it's almost like it's still locked down since the inauguration. You got a fence up around the Capitol. You still got National Guardsmen running around. And now you've got a situation and whatnot where that particular secretary of defense is calling some from pretty historic moves uh, throughout the uh, U.S. military. What's your response to that? Man, it's insanity. The whole uh, Biden administration need to be taken down and put in a nut house somewhere. Everything they're doing is about gender and about color. It's not about qualification. So it's insane. Uh, we're going to stand down all over the military to stand down so we can weed out the white supremes or whatever the hell they said. I was like, what the hell? What is white supremacy? That's what I want to know. I haven't seen one, and I was raised in the South. Ignorant. Anybody wants to serve the country, protect your freedom. These very people you call them white supremacists are basically the only ones that will jump in front of our IED, jump on it to save you and to save me and to save freedom for the United States of America. Why are you terrorizing our military talking about white people? You are 70% of the population. 
of course, the military is going to be more and everything. It's going to be more because you are more uh, of the population. So they, this race thing is about to blow up. And if we don't be careful, we're going to lose the United States of America. Because you are uh, messing with the military, first of all, calling people white supremacy because they love America. In that case, you may as well call me a white supremacist. I'm black and I love America. Now, to the uh, uh, Washington, D.C. has been taken over by the military uh, to protect Joe Biden because he's unelected. He was appointed. That's why they need the ball. Why they need everything. But the citizens of Washington, D.C. need to stand and say this is enough. We want our city back and we want them gone because they are not to occupy your city like that. It makes absolutely no sense. It's no threat. None of that is just they know what they have done. So they using the military that they don't like to protect themselves. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I mean, there are still National Guard defenses up. You know, I do believe defense is still up around the White House. We almost ended up looking like a third world country, you know, in the nation's right. capital. I mean, this is not exactly some place where I would probably invite a foreigner right now to come and visit. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, I used to bike, you know, down the Lincoln Memorial Bridge, go past, you know, Abraham Lincoln's uh, memorial, past the reflecting pool, the Washington Monument, drive, you know, bike past the White House. You know, I don't remember any of what I see right now in Washington, D.C. as a kid. Yeah, we haven't seen this at all in America. It's, it's worse than East Germany. It's worse than Russia. The very country that we kick back on, look at us. Why is our capital like that with that fake insurrection that was set up to make Trump look bad 100%? Uh, most of them was Antifa that was leading in there because they know that it was a setup for, uh, to lead uh, Trump supporters into a trap. So they have did, the Democrat Party has did so much wicked and evil that they are afraid. They know if the people really came together to push back, the, the National Guard and no one else could do anything in Washington, D.C. The people need to take their house back. It's ridiculous that they don't listen to us. Our vote don't count. Nothing counts anymore. I don't care what people can call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever. And then you telling me, well, the election was stolen. It wasn't rigged when I'm looking at it. When I actually investigated and took pictures of people getting paid, homeless people, for their votes. And you're going to tell me it was no fraud. I mean, it's complete nonsense. It, it makes no sense, and it hurts me to see America in this position uh, at this time where I have my kids coming up in uh, America that they won't recognize in about five or six years if we don't do something about it. Yeah, we could talk about the next generation. I've got three grandkids myself, and let me tell you something. I'm very, very concerned about what's going to be taught in California schools once it uh, reopens here in California because some of the educational material that they've got in the wings is just absolutely unbelievable, but that's another show. Let's talk about black-owned businesses for just a second, Derek, because uh, I know that there is a very robust Chamber of Commerce up in Upper State New York. Uh, in fact, I Correct. talked to a couple of the principals there a few, uh, few months ago. They're very, very active, and there's Black Chamber of Commerce here in California, and I had a, a guy on my show uh, Peppy Jackson, who heads up the Riverside Black Chamber of Commerce out here in my neck of the woods. But the numbers that are coming back right now is at 40%, that the hardest hit element of the small business community, 40% of black-owned businesses have been vaporized in this COVID. Right, correct. And that's so true. And uh, we already struggled enough before the uh, COVID came out. And with this COVID shutdown, it just devastated the black uh, business. I'm the President Trump. He came in. Black business increased up to 400% under his leadership, and we were flourishing and doing pretty good. Then along come the uh, China virus, and along come all the uh, uh, shutdowns, and 
everything else they could think of to make you shut your business down. And I can tell you, starting a new business, you're not going to survive once they shut you down. If you just in business four years or something like that, you can't afford, you haven't built up enough money. You can't afford to keep going and try to ride the virus out. And then a little, little chicken chain the government is giving you is not going to keep you going. You're not going to be able to pay your employees, your rent, pay for your mortgage or whatever. Just keep up with a total disaster. They know it would be a disaster. They intended for it to be like that because we left Wal- the big business open, Walmart, Target, all of them is open. So COVID don't affect those, but it affects the mom and pop business. It's, it's just... Uh, it's just something they put in place to kill off the small business so they can control uh, what you do and control who get the money or the funds. Uh, that way, if I have to sign up for welfare, they can control me. Well, Derek, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, we're going to cut your money out. So it's about control. And they know the big cooperation on mine pays 70% tax because they're getting all the damn money. So they can afford to pay the government that kind of money. That is their agenda to close down the mom-and-pop store because they can't regulate them. They can't do what they need to do to control them. So it's all about shutting the small business down and keep the big business open and going and paying the government those taxes and bring in socialism. Couldn't have said it better myself, Derek. As a matter of fact, I understand that Amazon's taking a good piece of Brooklyn, right? Uh, putting up incredible warehousing uh, to replace all that 30% small business community that you lost uh, so they can start sending their trucks out there and, uh, dare I say, drones. Hey, Derek, we're moving towards the end of the show. I can't tell you how fantastic it's been to have you as a guest on the show today. My best to you and your daughter out there in Atlanta. Hey, let's do this again soon, man. Keep me posted on your campaign, which I said I think you said it's coming up in a month, right? So keep us posted right, here on the right. show and whatnot so uh, we can probably come back together and do something in the midst of your campaign and get more live copy out there for you, okay? I will be glad to. Thank you very much, Doug. Oh, enjoy those hush puppies at breakfast, right? right. <laughs> I, love, I love hush puppies. You can't get them here on the West Coast. You take care. Hey, Goodbye. listen, thank you for tuning in to Business Buzz today. If you'd like to be a guest or you have a business that needs to elevate your brand, and expand your reach, you can reach us at 877-3-NOWBUZ or email us at info at businessbuzz.com. That's spelled B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S-B-U-Z-Z.com or my show host webpage is businessbuzz.com. Hey, my next week's show, you definitely don't want to miss. I'm going to have Kim Marie, who's the CEO and founder of Latip International, one of the largest B2B small business networking organizations on the planet. And let me tell you something, she's been around the block for many, many years. As a matter of fact, she knows what it is about entering this digital world that we now all find ourselves in. So let me tell you something, don't miss my next week's show with Kim Marie of Latip International because you're going to learn more and more how to be the bee in the day and age called virtuality in the midst of COVID-19 crisis. The buzz factor of your business is what we seek to increase Tune in next week as we bring more guests and resources to help make your business buzz. Thanks for tuning in Business Watch and Business Buzz with Frank Hellring. We'll be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to have you join us again next time for some more terrific ways to revitalize your small business.